You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Dude, dude, dude definitely doesn't eat Burger King. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I'd rather have I'd rather have my body in Burger King than his body and no Burger King. <laughs> Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the Two and Out CFL Podcast. Now they have to kick it out, and they do! Every week, Travis Curra. Does anybody still care about this podcast? And Brazilian Tide. Hunters are people, too. Talk fantasy football, bring you the latest in CFL news, and sprinkle in a little bit of nonsense. Are you kidding? This is unbelievable! Ready, set, hook. We are a part of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. I'm Travis Curra. Brazilian Ty is here, and Ty, I'm just going to say it right now, we're back for another season. Yeah, you poor bastards. I, I just <laughs> I don't understand how people continually download us week after week. <laughs> no. It really, it really, it, it honestly just goes to show, like, you know. You know, people are sheep. If one person does it, everybody's going to do it, right? <laughs> so, Friday, Saturday, we start seeing players arrive at stadiums, and I knew I missed it. And half the league showed up in Toronto. <laughs> I didn't know how much I missed it. Um, man, uh, <laughs> I, I don't even know how to do this anymore. I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know how this season is going to go. This this feels like new territory, but it feels like uh, the same old or something mm-hmm. familiar all in the same place. Uh, usually I got something witty or Thai eating ketchup off oh, the floor or whatever. Don't, don't worry. I, I, got, I got something witty. Don't worry. Like I got you covered. <laughs> but, man... I, I hope I got what it takes for a season. Uh, we're back, and uh, I, I think we'll get into the groove. But it's been it's been a long haul of trying to fill half an hour, forty five minutes to an hour, and now we can finally talk about football stuff. And I hope that it's <laughs> it's still cool. <laughs> now well, that's my emotional and real start to the show what's your witty start to the show well so we haven't had football since november of 2019 cfl yeah. football yeah. so we haven't had to recap games for an entire season yeah. it's, it's almost like we had a year off it's almost like this is the podcast is starting all over again it um, is except it, that's except, that's what it feels except like this time you actually have somebody who's committed uh will show up on time <laughs> Uh, and isn't just trying to finagle their way into another media job. <laughs> Two and out has been washed of its sins, and it's starting clean right now. Preach. <laughs> this, ep- this episode of Two and Out is brought to you by the Calgary Foundation, proudly supporting community needs for 65 years. Empathy, kindness, generosity. We are united in our desire to give, to inspire hope, and transform the lives of people who are struggling in turbulent times. And the Calgary Foundation is here to help. From mental health programs to environmental causes, the Community Knowledge Center website features profiles of charitable organizations 
all searchable by area of interest. Be inspired by compelling stories. Be informed of innovative work. Be responsive to the needs. To connect to hundreds of outstanding charitable organizations serving our community, visit ckc.calgaryfoundation.org. To learn more about the Calgary Foundation, visit calgaryfoundation.org. In the Huddle with Karan Tai on the Two and Out Podcast. Oh, where do we start, Brazilian Thai? <laughs> do we Tarantino this? And start at the end? <laughs> start, yeah. I, I don't know. Okay. It's... <laughs> we're, we're talking about CFL players being on the field for the first time, yeah, since November 2019. With that, and before training camp ever started... It was announced that the CFL and XFL have ended their talks. I guess it was mutual. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've used that before. <laughs> That's what you say when uh, you don't want to be embarrassed. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, it was, it was totally yeah, it mutual. Was mutual. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm going to say that that thing is over for now. This is exactly how I saw it going, so I was never worried. Uh, I don't know where, if that's over for good or what. Uh, As far as the XFL goes, they say they're committed to international spring football starting in 2023. That brings us to the next point. Now, Ty, I know your point of view here is that MLSE has the Argos there, and the, the money that they lose on that team is basically an accounting error. Yeah, but. like if I if if that was my if their accounting error on the Argos was my account, I probably wouldn't be doing the show with you. Right, right. But they, it's not a charity. They're not in the no. business of losing money, and but, it is known. But yet that, they own sports teams. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, that helps when you got the dumbest fan base in the NHL still funneling money into there. So. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> That was I'm not really even going to argue with mean. you. Like, no, no, I don't even care. Was... Don't even care. I love it. Sorry, sorry Leafs fans. Um, no, you're not. Or you wouldn't but... have said it. Are they committed to the CFL past 2021 or 2022? Uh, that's hard to say. Like you said, you know, they're not in the business losing money. Well, how do you become – if you're a billionaire, there's one easy way to become a millionaire, and that's buy a sports yeah. franchise. Um, the yeah. only way you're ever going to, I shouldn't say the only way, but the the majority of teams, the only way you make money is when you sell them. Right. Uh, right. Right. It's, it's such a crap shoot. Uh, you know, it can't various, you know, rumor mills and everything have spit out that, you know, they want the MLS model, uh, you know, where, you know, teams are not teams, but players negotiate with the league on contracts and all that stuff and, and i just don't see that ha- I, I i could see that happening uh at somewhere down the road but i just don't see it totally turning a 180 in you know a year or two and you know bending to the whim of mlse yeah it's great that you know a stable ownership group is in in toronto and, and we've said before that this league needs the argos uh, in order to stay, to survive. And I know it sounds weird considering what they do for, for attendance and everything, but it's still Canada's biggest market. Uh, 
that being said, people, you know, they cry for new ownership, new ownership, and then when they do get a new owner, well, not those guys. So, so what do you want? <laughs> what, but like, if they're if they're just bankrolling the thing, if they're just bankrolling the thing, that's not good for the Argos either. No, like they they have they have so many opportunities for marketing and everything with MLSE and what comes with that. That I mean, it can't just be it can't just they can't just be the Brazilian tie of the CFL like I am for the podcast, right? <laughs> See, I, I've had a month off, man. I'm full of them. <laughs> when, when Braley owned the team and they didn't really commit to marketing or anything like that, yeah, mm-hmm. they, they had the pocketbooks, but it didn't. It's not what the Argos needed. So no. if they're not going to be committed, that's that's not good for those fans either. And I, I think it needs to be communicated to the city that they are committed because if they aren't, how does that how do they create excitement and sell tickets and get people into the BMO field? I mean, that's such right, a great place to watch a football game. It's just a shame. And everybody's you know, ranting and raving about uh, the roster coming to training camp. That doesn't mean anything for the regular season. Like, come cut down day, a lot of those guys are going to be on yeah. other teams. Uh, so that's not the ant. Like, yeah, you can bring in the big names and the free agency and, and, you know, try to build some Canadian talent through the draft. But until they've committed to this long term, like, yeah, I know they own the, the team. And, I mean, nobody comes in saying they're only going to owe it for two years and flip it. This isn't. This isn't a house, uh, but I mean, it just seems like they're just a bankroll right now and not really into this unless the CFL changes the way they've run for over a hundred years. Well, now the CFL is back and they, they can't just do things the way they've always done them. Um, mm-hmm. We know that, MLSE was bring uh, or big on bringing Gary Stern uh, to the Alouettes in this thing, um, and he has said that the league could adopt revenue sharing by the end of the season. I I, I really like Gary Stern. He doesn't. He seems to kind of shoot from the hip a little bit. He doesn't hide things uh, when when he's asked questions in the media. So. And, Maybe and there I'm is. Sure, I'm sure the CFL head office loves that. Yeah, I, 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 I guarantee they do. <laughs> so may, maybe wheels are turning behind the scenes because you're right. The central ownership model, model, I think that would work for the CFL, but there are a lot of deep pockets involved, and with that comes egos. And do 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 some yeah. guys? want to give up the franchises and I think the community owned franchises they have a lot of power because that's Winnipeg, Saskatchewan and Edmonton three of the best most well supported franchises in the CFL they have power don't kid yourself and and you know with revenue sharing that does allow for teams that are going to operate it at larger losses to maybe cut losses. You know, they're not probably not going to get rid of, you know, their entire deficit in a year or operating deficit in a year. But I mean, if you can go from, you know, losing, let's say a million dollars example, but to go down to losing 200,000, well, that's going to change the way that you can make decisions. I don't think that it would be that drastic. 
but I mean, any little bit helps, especially after losing an entire season. Um, I, I think, you know, the model, I don't want to call it broken, but there is room for improvement when it comes to CFL, uh, you know, when it comes to the financial side. And I mean, that could probably be said for a couple of the big market or not big market, the, you know, the big professional sports leagues, uh, to some extent at some point, maybe not the NFL because they're a juggernaut or the NBA because, you know, with the, with the TV revenue stuff they bring in. But I mean, this league, they, they're gate driven and we, that we've beaten that dead horse, you know, for, since this, since this show started. Uh, and so, and it's just, it's one of those things where these teams aren't operating at, at huge profits and whatever profit they do get seems to have to be pumped back in because, you know, it's either got to pay off stadium stuff, you know, it gets put back into the team for other, you know, improvements and stuff like that. It's just not something where it's just a BL end all. These owners, they might have deep pockets, but it's nothing like we've seen, like we see in the other leagues. Now it's time for fans to put money where their mouth is. Buy that extra t-shirt, buy that ticket, as long as you feel comfortable in the stands. And if you're allowed in the stands, <laughs> I know uh, if, we're, we're, if your team is even going to be playing home games in August. Yeah, <laughs> we're in the wild, wild west. So uh, yeah, we're open for business for now. <laughs> so we'll oh, see how that goes. Yeah. The day after Calgary Stampede's <laughs> over, boom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, are you surprised by the amount of veterans that have either? And I, I'm not convinced they're permanent retirements. Um, no, these are Brett Favre retirements. Yeah, <laughs> retiring or sitting out. I, I think maybe Brad Sinopoli, that might be one that is for good. I know they're going to definitely miss him in Ottawa. Brendan mm-hmm. Labatt hasn't retired, um, but says that he is uh, sitting out this year. Felix Lobert-Lucier in Montreal receiver there, Jason Lazone Seguin, also saying that he's retired. There's th- Those are just Canadians that we've talked about. And it has been talked that maybe these restrictions that the players have to undergo and follow right now could be loosened, but that is probably still uh, about a month away because it- it's got to be tough. Some of the, especially the ones that live in Canada where <laughs> they can do whatever they want, but if they want to go to work, they basically have to quarantine like March 2020, you know? Yeah, no, it doesn't surprise me one bit. I'm surprised that there hasn't been more. Uh, you know, it's a big ask for these guys to basically shut their lives down in order to just play football uh, when, you know, the rest of the world is open around them. Uh, yeah. You know, being away, like whether or not they'd have to be away from family and stuff like that, like, it just becomes such a what's the word I'm looking for here, Trav? Sacrifice. Yeah, that. Thank you. It's become such a sacrifice on you know their on the personal life, uh, and and yeah. yeah, like in the off season and stuff. They, they and during the season, they they still do sacrifice quite a bit. You know, they have practice and and game days, and you know they're yeah, on the road, yeah. but they're home. They are basically locked in their house again when everything else is open and that's just to play a 14 game season, I shouldn't say just, but it's so they can play a 14 game season plus and make the league minimum is $55,000. Like, 
sorry, that's it's a tough sell to play football and then not be able to do anything else. So that being said, I, I think the players that are going through with it, a uh, tip of the cap, uh, I think we've always looked at uh, CFL players as sort of a special breed. you got to love the game. A lot of times these guys, it's their last chance at pro football, especially if they're a Canadian. It's a, a second, mm-hmm. it's a third chance. And they give a lot up just to play the game. And I, I think especially now, it seems to me like they're giving up a lot. And I know people from the outside, hey, ah, you're, you're getting paid to throw a football around. Uh, I get that point too. <laughs> but there's a lot yeah. of sacrifice to play football. As far as the teams go, Saskatchewan has to be talked about. Where, oh, man. Where... <laughs> They were allowed to have workouts. Coaches weren't allowed to be there. There was a trainer there. So that's a bit of a gray area. But within about 10 minutes, four Achilles tears? Okay. Was this a CFL workout or a 50-plus men's night fast pitch (laughs) tournament? (laughs) You know what, man? You can joke about that, but I played slow pitch, and I've never seen a torn Achilles. <laughs> I've seen one. <laughs> you saw one. Yeah, and it was disgusting. And you didn't see but four in ten minutes from not finally four in ten tuned minutes, athletes. No. <laughs> yep, finally tuned athletes that haven't done anything in a year and a half. And then, I don't know, is it the adrenaline? They've, they've, like, they've worked out, but I mean... They have, they're not in football shape right now, so it doesn't surprise me, but four, that's a lot. It is. Well, and that being said, is that there, there was also two Achilles injuries at Montreal camp. Is that mm-hmm. is this just the beginning of these non-contact injuries? We've sort of, and I think we've seen a bit of a rise in these things than we ever used to see 20, 30 years ago. Um. And I've heard it said before, this is not coming from me, because do not take medical or workout or diet advice from me. But it's almost like maybe some of these guys build the muscles around the tendons and ligaments just so strong and so tight that one plant... You know who who has never uh, strained or pulled or tore an oblique muscle? You... (laughs) Any any fat person. I I I've hurt my oblique before. <laughs> Come it's on, it's not good. It's oh no, I'm serious. I did it playing slow pitch. I'm like I'm gonna hit a home How? run. I didn't know I had oh. an oblique until I heard it. I did not know I had one. And I use baseball as an example because it happens all the time. You look at a guy like Brett yeah. Lowry. He was ripped. You know, drank eight Red Bull a day. Probably <laughs> took some greenies before the game. Always, back was always hurt. Yeah. Right? There's so much pressure. In it. Prince Fielder, you know, just swing and <laughs> jog around the bases. Never never, never, never an oblique issue. But when that's Vladdy the same tore, thing. When Vladdy hurt his oblique a year ago, I'm like, how? How did that happen? He showed up to camp 40 pounds overweight. What are we doing here? But obliques are kind of... A new craze in baseball, too. You never heard that in the Maguire-Sosa days or before that. 
<laughs> no, well, that's because that's because they were they were able to you know take stuff to help with that. Where if they did get yeah. hurt, that it recovered a little quicker. Now every baseball player has a surgically repaired you know uh, UCL in their elbow and uh, they're, an oblique. They're doing injury. it in high school, man. <laughs> they might as well just do it before baseball. <laughs> they're getting Tommy John done in high school, and you know, eleven years, twelve years later, and then they have to get it again. But yeah. if they get it done in high school, then the teams are are not worried about it. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So Ryder fans have seen it with Darian Durant not touched, plants the foot. Mm-hmm. Matt There's Nichols. the Achilles. Yeah, we we've seen it with ACLs. I, I, I that yeah. happened in uh, uh, Hamilton a few times. You take the step, there goes the ACL. So. These are things you can't, uh, I don't know how to predict them or what, but it just seemed like, okay, maybe it's the adrenaline. We're going to do this medicine ball thing. We're going to plant the foot, change direction, doing all that. And four players, and they're not just rookies. No. There's two vets on defense lost for the Riders. Larry Dean, Freddie Bishop. I think you're going to be owing a listener a pizza. Oh. (laughs) If this trend continues. That's right. Somebody bet me at my real job that the Riders wow. wouldn't make the playoffs. Jobs yeah, is it term. my real job? <laughs> they, they bet me that the Riders wouldn't make the playoffs, and we bet a large pizza over it. And <laughs> I don't know. But... Well. The Riders are going to average four Achilles injuries on day one. <laughs> Between young... Nelson Lacumbo, mm. two vets. Uh, they can't get L.J. McCray to show up. The defense in Saskatchewan, Solomon Elamimian, off-season uh, retirement. Charleston Hughes, off to Toronto. <laughs> that I don't Cameron know, Jason Judge. Shivers. Yes, Jason Shivers has a lot uh, to get right before this season, doesn't he? I'd be throwing all the money, all of the money at Taylor Loeffler. Yeah, how do you get him? The guy can play any position you want. You just want a Loeffler green and white jersey to buy. (laughs) Shut your mouth. (laughs) You don't Uh, know me. Yes, I do. Very well. (laughs) That's fair. (laughs) Okay, let's go to the next two teams that were in the 2019 Grey Cup. Hamilton's... Like Hamilton and Winnipeg, I don't know how much these guys have to worry about going into camp. It's basically uh, staying healthy, I think. But Hamilton's quarterback situation is really intriguing, isn't it? Because if we played in 2020, Jeremiah Mazzoli is a bit of a question mark because of the knee. Comes into 2021, he's good to go. (laughs) That's probably their hardest decision. Orlando Steinauer says that he he says it's a straight up quarterback competition, and we, we've seen how these things go. They they be whether the teams always try to play it down. It becomes what, what happens a quarter- if you have two number one quarterbacks? Yeah, it becomes uh, a quarterback so, controversy, <laughs> right? Con- contract controversy. Um, they got they got to choose one and. And with no preseason games, you know, that makes it a little tougher. Right. Uh, but they 
they're going to know what shape Masoli's in. I don't see them changing too much. Uh, you know, Masoli was heavily involved last year or in 2019. It's not like he missed the entire season, so he knew that playbook. They're going to install their new plays. Be, both guys will be on the same page that way. It'll just be physically. And, and their other only real hole is who replaces Luke Tasker. So, I mean, th- this team didn't lose too heck of a lot. No. Now, Winnipeg, biggest story so far is Zach Caleros with the the flow. Mm -hmm. And he's always been (laughs) an injury worry. Does last season being off help him there? Um, Depends on what, if it's, if it, I don't think a year off is going to save him from another concussion. Yeah, that I mean, it uh, gives his body time to heal, but you know the damage has already been done above the shoulders. Uh, you know, it, if something happens again, it, it's really hard to say what where they go from Zach Claros. I don't think Sean McGuire's ready to step in and, and you know take over. Strevler's gone. Like, there's yeah. not there's not a safety net in Winnipeg for the quarterback position right now. And they got the the new offensive coordinator and Buck Pierce as well. Of course, he was in the organization oh. before, so there so, is some I mean, continuity. I mean, if, talk about guys getting if hit. Gets a, <laughs> if Kalaros gets concussion, Buck Pierce will know exactly what to do. <laughs> I'm intrigued to see if uh, Cameron Meredith will crack the roster and be a big game player for uh, mm-hmm. Winnipeg. He spent time with the Chicago Bears, um, but Bryant Mitchell ended up retiring, and I know they were exciting, excited to have him uh, at receiver in Winnipeg. He's gone. Maybe Cameron Meredith could uh, fill that <laughs> void a little bit that Bryant Mitchell left. My question, Mark, is Andrew Harris, 34 years old now. He wants to rush for 1,000 yards. That would make him only... The fourth running back to do that at 34 years old, and I know what you're going to say, Ty, and I know how you're going to try and relate this back to a certain incident. (laughs) Um, 1,014 games, yes or no, is Harris going to do it? Oh, man. I'm not trying to think of a joke. I'm just stalling to make time. 71 and a half (laughs) 71 and a half yards a game, completely doable. It is. Uh, you know, he is not your average 34-year-old. That's true. Mainly because he is supplemented. Oh, <laughs> there it is. <laughs> hey, I turned 34 in December. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preface this right now. I am convinced that every professional athlete does some kind of PED. They're just way better at hiding it. <laughs> Then, then they are. Then the leagues are at finding it, right? So I'm just going to put that on the table. Um, yeah, you know, it's not going to be that crazy of a season. In all reality, when you look back at you know the seasons he's had, he's probably I think he's hit a thousand yards in like game fourteen, fifteen, around that area anyway, uh, which is easy to do when Matt Nichols is your quarterback. <laughs> well, I can't see. I can't see the Winnipeg <laughs> offense being that different than the one we've gotten to know. No, um, I don't know the, how it could be. 
Yeah, so they're going to rely on it. It's really yeah. just if he can still handle the workload, right? The workload. Yeah, oh, 100%. Uh, you know, and if he's able to stay healthy and they're able to spell him a little bit more during the game and maybe take some of the workload away, but he can still put up that production, I feel, because, you know, he is big, uh, you know, and he's the, the problem with that is that he's a very physical runner, right? So he does yeah. take a lot of beating. Uh, but I mean, with the O line they have there, with when they have somebody like Andrew Harris, I I, I totally see him going a thousand. I don't think we see a thousand, a thousand. I think that's off the table this year. Yeah. Um, I think that that's probably done now. If we haven't seen it yet, we're not going to see it. Um, but yeah, I I don't see an issue with him getting a thousand. And if he doesn't, I think he's still he's going to be in the nine hundreds. He's not going to be that far off. Uh, yeah. And just to touch on Cameron Meredith, 2016, 66 catches, 888 yards, and four touchdowns. So, I mean, that was Good a season. pretty serviceable year, uh, you know. So, if he can recreate that kind of season in, in Winnipeg, you know, it might be tough with, with the offensive scheme there. But, I mean, it gives him another weapon if that's what he is. Okay. We know uh, Chicago quarterbacks have been in adventure. Oh. Uh, who was the quarterback <laughs> that season? <laughs> 2016 would that have been uh yeah it was his last it was jay cutler's last year in chicago so look at that if you can (laughs) he only started five games though oh okay (laughs) 888 yards with brian hoyer and matt barkley (laughs) as your quarterbacks he did pretty well (laughs) come on Oh, let's go to the Elks. I think the biggest question here is the offensive line, isn't it? Uh, yeah, probably. I mean, it's it's going to be a bit of a patchwork. They lose veteran Colin Kelly with a pec injury. What are those? What are pecs? Um, <laughs> well, I mean, we have them, but <laughs> they're there I mean, somewhere. Ours, ours need to go in a bro. <laughs> Uh, another veteran, Tommy Dreheim, informs them he'll retire. Derek Dennis stepping away from the game for a year, taking care of his family. They do end up bringing Thaddeus Coleman back to Edmonton, but that is going to be a position group that is going to be the one that I think fans are going to have to watch a little bit in Edmonton to start the season. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they got that, uh, shiny quarterback that's got what the eight pack behind center. So they, they, they want to keep care of him, don't they? Yeah. Cause that's natural. <laughs> I'm, I'm real cynical right now. Now I, don't now know I just hear jealousy in your voice talking about our terrible <laughs> excuses for packs and, uh, you know, a pro football player gets a year and a half to work hard on his craft and his body and ah, supplements. <laughs> dude, dude, dude definitely doesn't eat Burger King. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I'd rather have I'd rather have my body in Burger King than his body and no Burger King. <laughs> There's the trade. There's the trade. <laughs> now, Toronto, every position is exciting oh God. in Toronto. Like if I lived there, well, and there was no COVID, I would go watch training camp because I, I think it would just be a blast. But Dude, I look at the receiving okay. core. I'm gonna. We got to preface that before you go any further, because okay. 
it would take you two and a half hours to get to the stadium to go to practice because you wouldn't be living you wouldn't be living where it would be easy to get to the stadium on a radio salary. Well, I, I might be living under a you're bridge. Not, you're not Bob McCowan. You're not <laughs> Bob McCowan. I love you. <laughs> well, I'm okay. Without those uh, stupid little headphones and sunglasses, I'm okay with that. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I look at that receiving How core dare you? and I see, w- wow. Uh, Jawan Breskison, mm-hmm. Ricky Collins Jr. comes out of retirement. I listened to him on the Turf District podcast talking about his whole career. He's done all this. Turns out he never handed in his papers. I guess the Argos call him and he goes, yeah, that looks like fun. <laughs> DeForest yeah, Daniels. Yeah, to come in and get cut. Yeah. <laughs> DeVaris Daniels, Eric Rogers, Levi Noel, Chandler Worthy, Terrell Singfield back in uh, Toronto and the CFL. <laughs> and here's the thing. We've got Mr. Nick Arbuckle there and a lot of Stampeders that he played with. I don't think that's an accident. Uh, no, they have 17 wide receivers on their roster right now. <laughs> last wow. I checked last time I checked there's uh, six eligible receivers on the field and one <laughs> of them's usually a running back <laughs> uh, I, I if they can bring that team together I I think oh they'll God. they'll be so so fun and the the Canadian talent that they have Mm-hmm. I don't know. Levi I, Noel, Johan Breskison, yeah. uh, Curly Gittins Jr., who we haven't seen a lot of. We haven't seen a lot of, but I mean, he's put. He, I think he has uh, some talent. Like, I mean, these are guys that are going to be ratio, but that could have the opportunity to be a ratio buster. Really, oh, you know, yeah. if you can have an extra Canadian, if you can have an extra Canadian receiver and plug in an offensive, an American on your offensive line, it's huge. Yeah, and they've got Cam Judge and yeah. Enoch Mwamba. So <laughs> <laughs> where uh, where are they getting? Like, I get it. MLS is rich AF, but there's a salary cap. <laughs> and oh, two of these wide receivers, only two of them are thirty. Wow! So it's not like they brought in. It's not. It's not like you know they brought in thirty six and thirty seven year olds. Eric Rogers and Sinkfield are thirty. Everybody else is under. Yeah, that's gonna be a that's gonna be a fun team if they can protect the quarterback. And that's kind of like what we said about BC in 2019. They were gonna be fun to watch, mm-hmm. but they they couldn't protect they Riley it. at all. I mean, there we that that was paying Mike Riley too much money and not being able to build an offensive yeah. line. Yeah. Well, and that's still the question in BC, right? We, we look at the roster. <laughs> yeah. They, they've got how, how, how things change. They stay the same. They've got veterans there, and yep. a lot. We know a lot of offensive line is not only just the individual. It's how they how they play together. Y- mm-hmm. You had the stat, I think, on on an episode where how many different combinations they lined up at O line in that season. It was just I I actually just opened that. 
it's almost like every game there was something different. They had eight different. Now, this does, I don't mean like eight totally different, like, you know, Figueroa moving around or, right. you know, uh, Foucault moving from, you know, right guard to left guard. So I, I changed, I, I made those different ones. They had eight different versions of their offensive line in 18 games. Yeah. They went five and 13. <laughs> so they still got Suck Chung and Peter Godburn, Figueroa. Riker Matthews is a big addition, and they're going to want to hope that, that that one ends up working out for them. It's it's time to get it done for that offensive line. you got to protect that shiny yeah. quarterback a little bit. Uh, one story that's well, pretty... I, and Mike Riley's not... Oh, sorry. Michael Riley isn't sorry. getting any younger. Yeah, Michael Riley. I'm still calling him Mike. I don't care. <laughs> I only have so many syllables in a day. <laughs> um, one, one player I'm really intrigued by is the number one overall pick from last year's CFL draft. Jordan Williams, the linebacker, has not played a mm-hmm. football game since 2017. Yeah. Uh, he's definitely hurting his Achilles in training camp at some point. He finally gets to play. Uh, I'll be watching him and the offensive line in BC. It's funny. We, we've got a shared sort of uh, prep sheet <laughs> when I'm putting this together. And I wrote down Ottawa's over under on wins. 3.5 and Ty writes in live as I'm looking at it. I'm not doing this again. <laughs> and I said, please. And he said, okay. <laughs> okay. That's what the over under was set on. <laughs> Three and a half games. Marcel, Marcel Desjardins, the general manager, mm-hmm. basically saying, you haters, we're going to show you. Ottawa okay. is in. Ah, I I, I want to be nice, but they lost another veteran with Brad Sinopoli, you know, retiring. Um, Evan Johnson, offensive lineman, is in Saskatchewan, starting in Brendan Labatt's place. Matt Nichols is the leader there right now, and he, he'll be able. How to many pre- games is he gonna manage to win this year? <laughs> Maybe that's what they need, but they, they... To, uh, man, I've got I've got something ready for this. Whenever you're done, for Ottawa, yeah, I did a little. I did a little bit of work while you were taking okay. twenty minutes to get ready. What do you got? What do you got? Okay, so Matt Nichols obviously probably the, it has to be their starter, unless you're one of those idiots that thinks it's Dom Davis. Correct? We can agree on that. He's going to be the starter. I think he's undisputed. Okay, who are you starting at running back? Timothy Flanders or Brendan Galanders? Like, already, what are we doing here? We've seen Flanders do things with Winnipeg before, and and you got to think that that's why he was brought in, because of Paul Lapalise, but I I like the way Galanders runs. He's the Canadian. I mean, I, I I know what you're saying. I know where you're going with it. Um, unproven commodities. Yeah, you're right there. They're both that. unproven as the starting running back for a team. Okay. Nate Behar, 
Devontae Dedman, R.J. Harris, Daniel Peterman, and Anthony Coombs. Anybody there scare you? Does anybody yeah. there scare you? Deadman. I'm just going to say Deadman on special teams yeah. in 2019, but Coom- Coombs is a bit of a Swiss Army knife. R.J. Harris is a, is a good receiver, but Nichols is going to be able to or going to have to get him the ball. Stretch the yeah. Um, defense. We got you know Marabre, sure Baltimore, Mike Alway, Avery Williams, Avery Ellis. They're going to hit hard. Yeah, they will. Yeah. Um, what do Cleon Lang, Abdul Kane, Antoine Pruneau, Don Unamba, Frank Beltre, and Devon Coleman all have in common? Ooh, what do they have in common? They're all on the wrong side of 30. Ooh. Those names, though, that you read off, they can be a nasty defense. <laughs> oh, they're going to be pricks. Don't, don't kid yourself. <laughs> I was like, "Whoa, those are guys I don't want to but play how, against." Like, I don't. I'm not running. If I'm if I'm a receiver, I, I'm not running a crossing route in front of Micah Alway. Are you yeah. nuts? Yeah, that's not worth it. it you could pay but me. I mean, after a year, year off, I, you know, we talked about it. Where you know, a year off is going to be. It could be a good thing for the older guys, uh, where their bodies don't break down as much. But still, you're that. That's a year that you've lost. Yeah, that too. Like Nichols is thirty four now. Yeah, uh, but I mean, I just don't see like, their defense. I could see their defense keeping them in games. They'll be scrappy, I think. But I, I don't see their offense doing much. Yeah, I, I can't see the offense putting up basically, you know, thirty a game. I no, they, I, I mean, they might only. Have, they could they could win games, you know, twenty five to twenty one every week. Not gonna happen. Your defense can, can keep you in games, but they're not gonna win you every game. But I mean look at the excitement going on in the rest of their division. Yep. Oh that <laughs> oh no don't don't forget their north side of the stadium is like unsafe for fans. So everything is just going swimmingly in Ottawa right now. <laughs> Let's go uh I guess the last team. Oh, two teams we oh, haven't really wait, talked wait, about. Wait, yet. wait, 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 wait. Ottawa has Richie Leone. Okay. There we go. So hey, hey, now now we're getting somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess let's talk about that team just a couple hours down the road, the Montreal Alouettes. This is basically, and I know they'll say year two with Vernon Adams Jr. Uh, starting mm-hmm. for this team, but in 2019, he had to fight for that. Yeah. Now he doesn't. And- we We go into this season knowing that he's the guy. Another season with Kahari Jones, and I know they've they've already lost a handful of players to retirements. There were the couple Achilles injuries; those are unfortunate as well. But I I truly believe that Vernon Adams Jr. has the talent to be an MOP in the CFL, and maybe agree. Maybe he gets. To prove it, and now that we know that this is his team in Montreal, I, I was mm. just so excited to watch that team in 2019. 
I mean, they they yeah. were just one of the funnest not, teams. Not to only watch. because, not only because they were so fun to watch, and you know, Kahari Jones on the on the sideline never disappoints. It seems. Yeah. Uh, his air guitar needs a little bit of work. But, you know, <laughs> you gotta, that's what training camp is for. They got not only that, their jerseys are unreal. I love them. I'll say that right now, and I, I know that makes it sound like. Like oh I just pick my favorite team because I like the color no like those are slick like it doesn't it doesn't hurt the fact that I enjoy watching them. Um, he's got a Vernon Adams Jr. has an entire camp with the number ones this year. It's not going to take him a game or two, like you see when when a guy has to come in mid season, uh, to you know get a full playbook where you know guys will come in and they get maybe fifteen plays. Uh, to, to work with and variations of them, he's going to have a full playbook, the full complement. He's got, he's going to have the chemistry that he's worked on, that he already kind of had, and now that he can work on more and get new chemistry with guys through camp. And I think they're going to come out flying uh, when the season gets going. He's still only twenty eight. William Stanback's back. Mm-hmm. He's only twenty seven, mm-hmm. and you've still got. B.J. Cunningham, Eugene Lewis, Mario Alford in the receiving core, and I think there's a nice opening for a Canadian. Well, and Naaman Roosevelt, like Rashawn Simonize. Uh, that's that's what I mean. I was listening to the Alouettes Flight Deck, a part of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Simonize yeah. is back. Um, Chris Osikusi. I'm looking forward to seeing him. He's only 23, and I know the draft. Lucier pick picked the wrong year to sit out. <laughs> Maybe he didn't want to lose to those guys. Nah, that that was also <laughs> you can't mean. can't lose if you never compete. <laughs> yes, that's that's true. Uh, and Naaman Roosevelt, <laughs> we'll see if he can mm-hmm. still be a, a leader and a contributor in Montreal. He's uh, he's only thirty three, but we've seen the years that he had in Saskatchewan. So uh, mm-hmm. I want to see if Rashawn Simonize can uh, emerge as a Canadian threat. In, uh, and we're, I didn't even mention Jake Weineke. He's only 26 yeah. years old, and he was a touchdown machine in 2019. Yeah. he Even listening to their games on the radio was fun because they're exciting. They just played an exciting brand of football. Yeah. Uh, and I, I it, it's one of the teams, and I, I kind of I didn't start or anything, but it was just a mental note that, you know, Montreal, I I just don't see them finishing lower than second in the East. They're just one of those teams that I like. I pretty much watch every game as it is, but I, I'm gonna I'm really excited to watch Montreal get on the field, and especially now with Vernon Adams having that full camp. Like I said, it's like that. I just don't see how they got worse. Yeah, I I, I only see upside to this. Lastly, well, let's mention the Calgary Stampeders here, where we find out if uh, mm-hmm. John Huffnagel still has. What it takes. And at this point in time, I see no reason to doubt the guy. There's going to be a lot of unfamiliar names, uh, I think, in the roster in Calgary. I love following uh, Danny Austin on the Stampeders beat on Twitter. He's mentioning that Jameer Thurman could be lining up at running or linebacker. I mean, <laughs> I uh, he he could be the middle linebacker or weak side. I mean, the, yeah. he's back from the NFL. Uh, he's going to be fun to watch, and there's going to be some new receivers that uh, Bo Levi Mitchell will have to get up to speed with. But 
couple guys that, that started to come be too hard for him. Yeah, so they started to come on towards the end of uh, 2019. Markeith Ambles, I, I think if he mm-hmm. stays uh, healthy, he could be a thousand yard guy. Josh Huff, we're watching. Kamar Jordan is back, and the Canadian Herji Mayala had a couple big games towards the end of uh, 2019. He's looked great in camp so far. He's only 25. I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do. I actually think there's some Canadian receivers this year. And I and I think, I don't know, maybe it's between Herji Mayala and maybe Lamar Durant in BC, who's going to lead the league. But mm-hmm. I'd like to see a couple Canadians get 1,000 yards this year. That would be, I think that would be huge. Yeah. Uh, you know, we always talk about the guy... We talk about the guys who get a thousand yards a lot more than than not, right? Uh, and to have Canadians on top of that list, especially with the last couple of years with people bitching about the ratio and what we should we do with it and yada yada yada. Uh, you know, a Canadian couple Canadian guys can have I don't want to call them breakout years, but you know, a thousand yard season is nothing to shake a stick at. Uh, that, that that can only help the game. And, and to get back to Jameer Thurman, twenty eighteen, the last time he played in the CFL. He was eighth in the league in tackles, and Singleton was first. <laughs> like, uh, not too not too shabby of a of a linebacker pairing. Uh, there, they were the only, I, I believe. Oh no, I guess Muamba and Brandon Dozier were teammates in the top ten too. But I mean, it's ridiculous. How, like this guy is good, and you know to plug him back in. Uh, was in the NFL for a bit, but I don't. I don't see him missing too much. I don't see him missing a step. It's not like he wasn't playing for those two years. Uh, you know, whether he's on a practice roster or not, I mean, he's still getting reps. Seventy fifth anniversary of the Stampeders this year. I uh, mm. I thought those red and whites were pretty slick. I uh, I like yeah. the the throwbacks without the black accents, just the red and white, even in Saskatchewan. Just the green and white. We don't need the the black in there. Sometimes it looks all right, oh, but the black jerseys were the best. The, when, okay, yeah, when the jersey was black, but <laughs> I mean, you're sitting on that east side in Regina. Yeah, you cook where? <laughs> yeah. Can, can somebody tell me why they didn't just turn the stadium? You know. 90 degrees? Because <laughs> so. football's a north-south game, unless uh. you're in Lloyd. <laughs> and you play at Armstrong Field so that when you're going east or when you're going west on offense, you can't see your receivers. Yeah, I guess it's not an east-west game. You're right. <laughs> Teams have tried. No, I honestly, I honestly don't know why it's like that. Yeah. Uh, I'll just wear my sunglasses. This episode of Tune Out is brought to you by Park Power, your friendly local utilities provider in Alberta, offering internet, electricity, and natural gas with low rates, awesome service, and profit sharing with local charities. In Alberta, you get to choose who you buy your internet, electricity, and natural gas from. So if you choose Park Power, you're choosing a positive local business. Plus, Park Power shares its profits with local not-for-profits that are working to make a difference 
for their communities. Shopping local is very important to Park Power's owner, Chris Kozowski, and we love local here at the Alberta Podcast Network, so it's a great fit. Learn more at parkpower.ca. I just want to mention these at the end of the show. Uh, Michael Soules passing away, played at McGill, played for Montreal, played for Edmonton as well. He actually won a Vanier Cup with McGill. I think the only one they've ever won. Uh, Played in the CFL for 11 years, but passed away after a 16-year battle with ALS, 54 years old. They gave uh, a very nice tribute to Michael Souls on the Alouette's Flight Deck podcast. I suggest checking that out because Cliffy D, he went to the same high school. He went to the same university. I mean, uh, <laughs> Cliffy will say himself, he didn't have the nice, illustrious CFL career, but mm-hmm. um, so young and such a brutal sad disease maybe not everybody knows about ALS I know the ice bucket challenge a few years ago maybe brought that awareness but just a sad one that I wanted to note and I actually I also want to note that the CFL has lost a great fan in the last couple weeks named Brian Edwards and uh, you might know him on Twitter I guess he went by the Elkinator Mm-hmm. He, was, he was so proud of this CFL and his team, fiercely, fiercely loyal, and and not not only not only loyal to the team but to the league as a whole. Um, you know, he didn't put up he didn't put up with people giving other people crap just because of the jersey they were wearing. Yeah, and he had season tickets in Toronto. Yeah, just to help support that that franchise. It got to a point where he didn't greet me with a handshake anymore. Uh, he greeted me with a hug because uh, I yeah. stand out like a sore thumb in Edmonton wearing my Saskatchewan gear, and he, he always loves seeing that Saskatchewan gear because he knows I bought a ticket and I support the league, and I would see him just about every game Is it walking towards the buses. Him and I cross paths on that, that end of... Commonwealth Stadium in Edmonton and I I know that he's going to be missed by so many the tributes Mm -hmm. by the teams uh, the league and the fans online just shows how much his love for this game really touched so many across Canada Ty Uh, I met him uh, would have been 2018 Grey Cup was in Edmonton was the first time I'd met Brian in person uh, couldn't have been nicer. I was wearing my uh, two and out shirts that we had made that we had got made because that was our first live show, uh, and he knew who I was, uh, whether it was from you know a picture on Facebook or on Twitter, and you know shook my hand and gave me a button and made sure that you know I felt welcome and you know welcome to Edmonton and love what you guys do for the league, uh, you know and stuff like that and just you couldn't have asked for a nicer nicer guy. Uh, to be representing your fan, your fan base, or, or your team, for that matter, uh, and the league. Uh, you know, if, if we can, if we can strive to be half the fan Brian was, then I, I, I mean, I don't know if we could. I don't even know if we could reach that. 
Like that, that's those are, those are gonna be some pretty big shoes to fill, and I just don't I don't know if anybody ever could. Let's strive to love this special game as much as he did. Let's get ready for 2021 and keep this league going as long as it as it can and, because and you know with our schedules those Thursday episodes are going to be a struggle <laughs> so people are just going to have to bear with us for the first couple <laughs> we're going to do our best to be with you all season long we'll talk to you next Monday as we'll be right in the middle of CFL training camp then talk to you soon thanks for listening Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.